boys are back in time. That's right, folks. It's Drinking with the Jackets with your two favorite hosts in the land, Josh Partridge, a.k.a. the Memphis Magi, and Chase Randolph. Chase, how you doing? I'm good, Josh. How you been? Oh, it's been a, it's been a hot minute. I know that we are dropping episode four, or should have dropped by the time the listeners listen to this, but we haven't done an episode in a while, have we? I know. It's been, it's been busy times. But I'm glad to be back on the set here with you. I'm ready to talk about the jacket. It's been too long. So what's uh, what's been up in your life, man? You know, I've had grad school going on. Been also, away. I forgot. We probably need to crack a beer for the audience. Another one. Apologies. Uh, no worries. Just got grad school. It's wedding season. So finally, I think the wedding season is over for me, which I'm kind of happy about. So now I'm just drinking this Mick Ultra here. Oh, that's a tasty, crispy boy for a, a good golf trip right there. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty similar. Got a new job, so that's been kind of a little bit of a time suck uh, until this point. Like you said, wedding season. My wife's at grad school. It's just, it's life. But as you can tell from us being on this podcast, we are dedicated to football season, baby. So we are back, focused on the jackets, focused on fantasy football. That's right. It's been, uh, it's been tough, you know, in the offseason. There's not a lot of jacket news to talk about. But, yeah. you know, July, you start to get that itch. Football. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we're excited to bring some good content. Yeah, man. I'm itching like poison ivy on your nuts. I'm ready to go, baby. <laughs> you said you're drinking a Mick Ultra. I'm drinking. Uh, this comes from good friend and good buddy and avid listener, Jared Johnson, a wise man brewing company, Tropical Shirts, Berliner Weisse with what the fuck's a boysenberry? You know what a boysenberry is? I have no idea. But leave it to JP to drink some beer that I've never heard of. Yeah. Well, I drink a Mick Ultra. It's, it's <laughs> that's pretty on par. I mean, I only have two of these, which are really tall boys. Uh, so then halfway through, I'm going to be switching to Jefferson's Reserve whiskey. So uh, we'll see how we end the episode. <laughs> oh We're coming back hot, baby. Yeah, this is for the people. <laughs> well, cool, man. I mean, do you want to take it away? I mean, yeah, you're the I architect. Mean, uh, I think the the big, you know, opener that we want to discuss here on the show is that's impacting not just the jackets, but everybody is just not realignment. Um, you know, I was pretty shocked last week when I saw the news that UCLA and USD were spurning the Pac-12 and and ruining the the holy alliance of the Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten. The holy trinity, as some would say. I mean, uh, it was it was airtight. There was I, I, I could have never seen this coming. But, I mean, it seemed like the, the rumors came out, and then, like, less than an hour later, it was official. It all happened so fast. Yeah, dude. You texted me. Like, you, you know, some people rely on uh, guys like Adam Schefter. I rely on Chase Randolph for all my fantasy and college football news so oh, yeah. I'm, I'm he's on top on of it fingers for sure yeah quicker than he uh than uh, elon so Ooh. yeah that's the craziest thing and i know you brought it up you know not just because that kind of defuncts the pac-12 in current state as well as the uh big 12 with texas and oklahoma leaving after next year but kind of throws the acc in jeopardy and there's been a lot of rumblings with that including our alma mater 
there's been rumors that we may go to the Big Ten or we're third tier to go to the big or third option to go to the Big Ten for the big money. Us being uh, in the advantageous region for recruiting in the Southeast and then the Atlanta sports market just for viewership stuff. But, uh, you know, and then there's maybe rumors that the ACC expands. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Apparently, all this stuff's going on in the back door. <clears throat> if this is my question for you, you know, dumb question. If you were Todd Stansberry or, or, you know, the president of Georgia Tech, like what what would you want to happen or what would you think be most advantageous? So I don't really know the financials on like what happens if we were to leave the ACC. I, I've heard that, it's you know, we would definitely owe them some money, but I don't. I think it's like you know, 230 mil or something stupid like that. I mean, if that's the case, that's a lot, but um. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I guess I just want I want Toad, aka Todd Stansberry, to do whatever's best for the. I mean, it sounds like, you know, yeah, stereotypical. Do what's best for the program, but I mean, with that being said, I I don't want to leave the ACC and leave all the tradition. Mm. But we are not exactly in a good place right now. So if somebody is willing to invest in us and try to put us back in the spotlight, then I don't see how we can say no, but yeah, I, I hear that, man. I'm like, I, I have like super similar feelings too. where I, I'm a man of tradition, prestige. It'd be really cool to see Notre Dame join the ACC, but you know, we have much as much leverage as a two foot midget up against a six foot door. So that's not a lot of leverage at all. If you don't know your mechanics. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we, we, yeah, we, we can't get caught in a situation where we make a move too late. So if something's presented to us, we might need to take it. But I don't know. I, I would, if we did leave, you know, those rivalries in the ACC would be missed. But I don't know. It's kind of a sad time as college football fans, which I think a lot of people are experiencing. Yeah. Um, and no one really knows what the future holds, but things are, things are changing really freaking fast. Yeah. Yeah, too fast. My hopes is that Notre Dame joins somehow, and so does West Virginia, and then we eat, you know, a little bit of the Big Twelve, and it just because you know rumors are that they're trying to talk to the Pac twelve too, and maybe do a super conference, and then us maybe have a weird Pac twelve ACC championship game or some weird crap like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But Notre, Notre, I've heard Notre Dame's kind of just sitting and waiting to see how it all shakes out because they're not. I don't think they're going to be the next domino. Like they, no. they, they have the luxury with all their NBC conference yeah, and all TV that. contracts that they can just sit and see what happens. But, but yeah, if they were to leave the ACC, then it would people would be jumping ship. Yeah, you know who knows? Maybe with all this money, we'll get we'll get on the Jackets television network. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it would it'd be us after Packer and Durham. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. The Packer and Durham show. Oh man, I can't believe it's over. What a great show. I used to like whenever I'm working from home and Cage is, you know, at the house too, I he always wanted to watch the Today show. And I'm like, no, it's time for some Packer and Durham. And we <laughs> there's only so much Today show I can handle. I usually let her watch it till it gets to like live with Ryan and Kelly and then I'm like, okay, this this has gotta go. Enough of enough. <laughs> then I then I watch Packer and Durham, but uh no no more. Yeah. 
RIP. With that, I'm going to say uh, Solange to Packard and Durham. Cheers. Cheers. Another one. Uh, with that, do uh, you want to transition? I guess, you know, with the, with the conference realignment, we actually did before that get announced that the ACC is going to the pod scenario and, and structure. So, I mean, Chase, you know, as a layman, can you tell me what the pod structure looks like and who, who's in our pod? All right, so, you know, there's no more – I know this will bring sadness to a lot of people, but there's no more Coastal Division and Atlantic Division. Um, so the Coastal has been the laughing stock of the nation for quite some time for its, <laughs> for its mediocrity. Uh, I think there was, like, a stretch where a different team won the Coastal for, like, six years in a row or something. Except, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think the only team that couldn't do it was, like, UVA or something. I don't know. I think they even did it. But, yeah, they uh, went to yeah they went to a championship game. Yeah, maybe everybody won. I don't know. But anyway, very mediocre. And um, you know, the ACC was trying to get creative. While you know everybody's making big boy moves and jumping conferences, we're just deciding how to re- shift our schedule around. But <laughs> there's now we have pods. We have pods, and that basically means there's no more divisions. It's one conference, but there's three teams that you'll play every year. So for Georgia Tech, it's Clemson, Wake Forest, and Louisville, mm. which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, we had, to, we had to have Clemson. That's been a long-standing rivalry. But I was a little shocked at Louisville and Wake. I guess there was yeah. always going to be like one curveball, I guess. We got but, stuck with three Atlantic teams, dude. Yeah, but to, to get Louisville and Wake was kind of – Kind of questionable, but I guess I don't know. I don't know who makes these decisions, but someone in North Carolina probably. Yeah, it's. A, I was kind of hoping for like Virginia Tech. I like same the, dude. I like the Tech rivalry. Yeah, I think Virginia Tech folks probably upset about that a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. Had, it, it was a it was a quality rivalry. Yeah, we had good good battles, but anyway, and so you'll play those three teams every year, no matter what, and then um, for the other ACC teams. You'll play it so that every four years you will play every ACC team one time at home and one time on the road, which is good if you know you're trying to mix up, you know, going to different road games and stuff like that. It gives everybody a chance to go to different stadiums and have a good time. So I, I support that. I'm overall okay with the pod system. Yeah, I'm pretty indifferent. Like, I think the the one that I'm going to miss the most is probably Virginia Tech. I do like the random times we beat Miami because Miami fans suck. I think it does set us up too as well, or set us up as well. Like if we ever, you know, expand it, it sets you up to be a little bit more nimble with the scheduling. Like, I don't know what the SEC is going to do with, with all of them. I know Auburn fans are shaking in their booties with everybody moving around, but uh, yeah. Like, what do they do? I'm sure they go to a pod system. Otherwise you shift in the East. Yeah. I think everybody's going to kind of shift to the pod, but the ACC was a pioneer in that regard, but um, <laughs> no money out of it though. <laughs> yeah. So all in all, not a huge change, I guess. Um, get to see some new teams in the schedule. Play yeah. Te- play teams like Florida state more often. So that could be, could be good, but had to keep the rivalry with Clemson. Yeah. I know, I- I'd like to get up to Louisville for a little bourbon trail trip or something. So that'd be cool. That's what I was going to say, man. So you know, this is listen, all you listeners out there, drinking with the jackets will be on the road to do the Bourbon Trail. 
I'm going to have to take a sip. This is for the bourbon trail. This is a little a nipper of uh, Jefferson's Reserve. Ooh. Ooh, that's smooth, baby. Yes. So with you on that, man. Well, cool. We talked about summer kind of being a quiet period in general and everything, but we did have some shakeups. I will say this. Uh, we started off, I think, last time we recorded, our recruiting class was at Zilcho. Oh, not yeah. a nilch, nothing. We stand now, man. You know, I don't know exactly how many recruits we have, but I know in the first couple weeks of June, we finally got some official visits in, and we started to get some. I think I think we're around like ten or eleven now. Yeah. And you know, they're not like nothing to get you too excited, but hey, I mean, honestly, if we're pulling in kids right now, that's a good thing. Yeah. Because we haven't done anything to prove that we should have anybody coming. So, I mean, I think, you know, it's still early in the 2023 recruiting cycle. So, I mean, these, these kids change their mind more than anyone. And, like, if if we just – in order for us to start getting some recruits, we just got to put some wins together. Yeah. And if, and if we don't, then it's all going to collapse. But we have time to to change the minds. And you never know with NIL who's going to just drop a bag on someone, I guess. I don't know if that's going to happen at Georgia Tech, but. I'd like to think it would. <laughs> yeah, I, I would too. I know, like, uh, I think it's battle battles running back. It's like a five seven. It's between us and West Virginia. There's been a few guys where you know we're on the cusp, but <sighs> cusp of four star athletes. I know that there was some stink. I think we got a tight end who's like had like some freaky measurables. Like I think like six four, like two fifteen. Darren Waller looking dude, but he. It's like a five four, which is two stars for all you uh, non rivals folks. People are pitching a fit. I, th- I think, we, like you said, we're at the point where we're getting a lot of negative recruitment, and so it's it's just piecing together a solid core of high school talent that's serviceable. And then if the winds start rolling off, we start grabbing some of the the bigger names, right? Yeah, and I feel like still, too, a lot of these kids in these classes are like. Maybe still, I don't know if this is true or not, but like, you know, maybe they're not scouted as heavily with COVID and everything. Yeah. But so, so maybe, I mean, I think that's kind of the way past a little bit, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe some of these kids just haven't got the exposure. That's what I'll keep telling myself at least. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, last episode, we did have some sagas with the, the the transfer too. I was I was hyping it up because we just got Memphis Tiger defensive tackle transfer last name Joseph, but uh, yeah, turned out to be short lived. Yeah, he's already gone. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was like him, and then uh, some guy from Wyoming that uh, USC plucked up. So uh, yeah, like, uh, I didn't even think that guy was a big deal. I'm like, okay, we're getting this guy from Wyoming. Good, we need some bodies. And then next thing you know, he's leaving for USD and Lincoln Riley because he was like paying everybody. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess he was good. I, I, yeah, I think apparently he was solid. We picked up – I know we picked up a UCLA defensive end. They don't know if he's going to contribute really right away. Uh, we picked up some death pieces, it looks like. Like uh, we got another lineman out of Kentucky and Kansas, right? Two linemen out of that. And then there's been rumors that, you know, maybe, maybe Jordan Williams moves – from right tackle to left tackle. So yeah, is that I mean, a good sign? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know either. If he can play it, then then great. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, um, to quote 
to quote uh, Zoolander, I'm not an Ambi turner, so uh, <laughs> we'll see if he can turn left. <laughs> sure hope so, because old Jeffy Stim is going to need some help on the blind side. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be looking out for Michael Orr here in uh, Memphis in the meantime. Now, speaking of uh, Jeffy Stims, his QB room has heated up a little bit since our last discussion. Yeah. Uh, how do you pronounce the last name? We had a Clemson transfer, their backup, uh, old four-star, pretty highly rated dual quarterback. Oh, gosh. I can't say his name. It's the first, it's like Tyson, like Puma, Puma Cha or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, he was like similarly rated to Jeff Stims coming out of college or high school. So, I mean, in the little experience I saw him at Clemson, he seemed to be pretty good. I mean, everybody looked good compared to DJ last year. He was so bad. <laughs> I saw a lot of Clemson games here in, in Greenville. So everybody was wanting this guy to get in. I don't know. I guess it's good. It's good to have some competition in there. I don't know. It sounds like Jeff Stim's still the guy. But yeah, if he starts turning the ball over again like he did last year, then I think the leash is going to be pretty short. Yep, yep, yep. Shorter than Frodo Baggins, man. But at least, you know, we got a serviceable backup, it sounds like. That's interesting that you mentioned DJ, too. I wonder, you know, Clemson lost, you know, a lot of play, key pieces on defense, but they seem to reload, and there's all those question marks. But with DJ as the quarterback, like, do you think, who's that the kid from Texas came in as a true freshman, I think, in the summer? I don't, I don't know his name, but I will say, you know, I am. I hope they start DJ the game one. That's all I'm saying. My wife doesn't listen to this podcast, but. I am ready for the demise of the Clemson Tigers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I go to work with all these Clemson fans and I mean, I don't think they realize how good they have it. it oh no. Had it. Cause I think it's on the down. Now the Venables is, is gone and Tony Elliott's gone too. But I mean, you gotta give it to Dabo. He, he knew what he was doing, but do you think he's waiting for Alabama's job to open up? I don't think so. There's like nothing, nothing but insane pressure that's going to come with that. Like, yeah. I just, you've won two national championships at the college level. Like, I, I mean, yeah, you want to push your alma mater, but I mean, I mean, I can't imagine the pressure of coaching Alabama. Like, yeah. Everybody at Clemson loves him and he's a god. And that's never going to change. So, like, yeah. I mean, it would change <laughs> if he's, I mean, you would have to have several losing years in a row for, for that for people to kind of get start getting frustrated with him. But I just so I don't know. I personally don't think he'll do it. You never know. How many three win seasons do you think he can get? Like Jeffy, Jeffy got three, so maybe Dabo gets three as well. Maybe four. Yeah, I think. I mean, <laughs> I think he'd get three. <laughs> not 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 pulling an Auburn and freaking out and just firing right off the bat after a national title. Well. You know, that's all to say, I think it was the late, great Bear Bryant once said, uh, when mama calls, you come or something like that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. I may be the Memphis Magi, but I can't read the future when it comes to college football after <laughs> after this summer, obviously. Yeah, no one, no one knows. Yeah, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about transfers. We talked about some football recruiting to the listeners. You know me and Chase. We're probably the top, if we had to rank top basketball managers of all time in the Georgia Tech program, we're probably in the top five, at least. Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, so, Chase, what's what's this news? What's the scoop on uh, GT Hoops? 
I know uh, it's the summer. We've had some uh, had some commits. We've had a lot of guys actually visit some five star uh, five star talent visit. What's going on there? Yeah, so I think the knock on. Oh shit! Uh, also, uh, what's going on with your beer? Because I hope you downed it. Another one. I did. I just opened a fresh crispy. Oh, good. <laughs> so Blue Cane is a commit that we just got, and I think Blue Cane is his name. That's not a joke. <laughs> Blue Steel. <laughs> That's his actual name. And I think the knock on on Coach Passner since he's been here has been his recruiting hasn't been great. That was kind of like coming into tech. Everybody's like, "Oh, that's what he does." Yeah, and we just—it's funny because like here in Memphis, people are like, "Oh yeah, pastor dude, great recruiter on a Cal Perry, like all this stuff," and that always blow me up about it. Like, so how's Tech's recruiting stuff? I'm like, uh, "Shut up!" I know Penny pulls whatever he wants. We don't. Yeah, it's. I actually think that he's a better like X's and O's guy. Same. Than a recruiter, at least he has been for us. So. But hot hot take. I think Gregory was a better recruiter. Uh yeah. Well, Gregory, yeah, Gregory wasn't, but his assistants were for sure. Mm. There you go. There you but go. Yeah, yeah. Chad yeah. Dollar was Chad a Chad Dollar assistant. was a baller. And um Coach Schmidt. <laughs> Coach Schmidt too. Shout out Coach Schmidt. Dude. Yeah, number one, shout out Coach Schmidt. Great coach. How about Chad? I remember I remember one practice. Actually, I don't know. We'll, we'll determine if this kid makes the episode or not. But uh, remember, Coach Dog came up to us, and uh, he's at UGA, so screw it. We'll tell the story. Is he uh, actually? Is he there still? I don't. He's like gone to six SEC teams since we've left school. I don't even know where he's at. I thought he was at UGA. Okay, anyway, we'll we'll tell the story. We're at practice, and you know, it's the you know mundane. You're getting through it. It's I think it was towards the weekend. He's at the University of Cincinnati. Yeah, forget about him. I think me and Chase are standing on the side with some other buddies, and we're, you know, okay, hope this practice ends. Hope this practice ends. Coach Dog comes up and goes, hey, man, we got some recruits coming in town. What y'all doing this weekend? And we're like, like, I don't know. We got like a band party or something at the fraternity. He's like, you know, you need to bring these guys there and get them fucked up. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, trying to get kids drunk so they see like six chicks at a uh, in the corner of Theta Chi. And <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's gonna really persuade them to come to Georgia Tech. Yeah, I hung out with a bunch of scrawny uh, white boys and Indian boys and some Asian kids. <laughs> yeah, really want to go to Tech. Although I would say like there were some cool guys from the basketball team that come hang out with us, like Travis. Travis is pretty chill. So oh, yeah. shout out Travis. Yep. Yeah, we had some uh, good good parties with some basketball players, and whenever whenever they would come by, like everybody everybody knew because you know there were no six foot ten guys in the fraternity, so you know next thing you know you got five of them standing next to each other, and uh, that was yeah, D Mac was probably the tallest at like <laughs> that was always six four, <laughs> yeah, scrawny. <laughs> I do remember uh, Dan Miller would come and like. Or one party, we were down in the basement. And he had to have like a, had to be grinding on a girl that was like five one, and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. There was at least like a three foot gap in their height. <laughs> Good for him. Oh well, yeah. Anyway, you said uh, 
My boy Blue. Yeah. My boy Blue Kane. Yeah, back to Blue. So anyway, I mean, last year's recruiting class was actually like top 15 for pass. That was his first good class. And then we just signed this Blue Kane white boy. So Blue Steel. Apparently he shoots the lights out. So it sounds like he's been doing pretty well on the on the circuit recently. So yeah, good pickup. That's what I heard. I watched some of his AAU film. But he was just laying it up every time. I couldn't see him really shooting much. But, I mean, he was killing it. I mean, absolutely killing it and slashing to the rim. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we're losing Jordan Usher, Mike DeVoe. um, Bubba left, but she didn't really play much last year. He was really injured a lot, though. We're going to need, we're going to need some better guard play. And, I mean, we didn't have a, a center last year, which I still don't. Really think we've addressed. Yeah, <laughs> we need to address it pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I heard like rumblings are too is that like we we ran the Princeton offense for a while, especially when we had guys like Lammers and, and Moses. But we may shift away from that too, so that may be good. Big guy don't need to touch the ball. Ronnie Howard was not built for that. No, I, I will say though, like 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 you said. Pastner hasn't really cut his teeth on the – well, I'll say this. Recruiting-wise, maybe hasn't lived up to the quote-unquote hype, but, like, you can see some of the development, you know, on the transfer side where, like, Rodney Howard is actually, you know, you can see the the steps forward at least. So, at yeah, least – got, He got better as the year went on. Yeah, and, yeah. So, there's some positive positive development for sure. So, we'll, we'll see. I think, you know, I'm not in a bad place for basketball. I mean, basketball is – Pretty tough to watch last year, but Oof, can't, be, it was. can't be too mad coming off an ACC championship. So that's as, right. As a Georgia Tech basketball fan, you get one of those every, you know, 15, 20 years. That's pretty, pretty good. So yeah, Passner's good in my book. Everyone else that's bitching about him, shut up. Won us uh, an ACC title. I mean, we, uh, yeah, we've got to worry about football. And uh, if we have to fire Jeffy, we're not going to. Fire yeah, yeah. I, what do you think about Danny Hall extended to? <laughs> oh gosh. So I mean, I'll admit I'm a pretty casual Georgia Tech baseball fan, but when I saw that we renewed his contract, I mean, I was just, I was baffled. Like we, yeah. dude, I, I wanted Ramsey to take over, bro. Yeah, it seems like everything I've read is like Ramsey is the guy he's like the young exciting coach yep he's bringing in all these studs and every i mean we're hitting the ball like crazy we're putting up like 10 runs a game it's it's a pitching that's been so inconsistent yeah, man pitching is terrible and we're blowing leads and it's just like why oh. why are we i know he's the most active activist active winningest coach in baseball oh, he's a huge ball. activist like, why, why the heck would we renew this guy's contract? He's like seventy-five years old. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I appreciate all he's done, and yeah. I, here, here's my shout out. You know, we talked about us being on a gap with the the our episodes. You know, part of that gap was actually uh, postseason baseball. Guess what? JP lives in Tennessee. Oh, guess God. what? I often hate Tennessee fans, especially when it comes to baseball, because they're so obnoxious. Was I at a bar telling everyone to suck it in the eighth inning? 
to all these Vol fans around me? Yeah, I was. So when I got the bird, it was, oh my gosh, what a, oh, so embarrassed. I just wanted to jump off a cliff. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I did that... the same crap. I did the same crap when I moved or I lived with Madison for the summer uh, in Alabama. I was flying Georgia Tech flags in my my truck because we, you know, we got the we got the regional playing Auburn. God, Danny Hall's done me in me yep. and my big mouth. Yep, I remember for the, the Tennessee regional game. So, first of all, I mean, let's go back. We lost to who was that team we lost the to? Camels, the Camels, dude. Campbell, uh, Campbell, yeah. Campbells. We lost to a pack of cigarettes. I mean, going into that regional game, I was like, okay, I heard a lot of rumblings that Campbell can swing the bat. I'm like, okay, you know, we should still beat them anyway. We yeah. we freaking lost to Campbell. And so then, my, I mean, my heart was out of it. And I was like, all right, well, we're going to freaking fight Tennessee, the best team in the country, and, and go on about our way. But then it happened to be June 5th, which was my anniversary. And I was in New Mexico. <laughs> and... So I'm not really looking at my phone, you know, it's my anniversary. I'm trying to spend some time with my wife. And then, but then I start looking and I'm like, oh, we're, we're up like six to two against Tennessee in the sixth inning. Number one at Tennessee. And I'm about to go like on a, on a dinner. And so I go to the dinner and we're up. I'm thinking that we're about to take them to, you know, the next game and, you know, take me to pleasure town. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to win the regional. And so finally, you know, we get to the end of the dinner and I'm just like itching. I'm like, you know, like a, I'm like a bottle of wine deep. And I'm like, okay, sorry, I got to check the score. I checked the score and I see we blew it. And ah. I just like dropped some expletives. And she's like, that's what you get for looking at your phone during anniversary. <laughs> oh, I man. Like, I was like, well, it was the best team in the country. How was I not supposed to look? Exactly. I, but anyway, I had to tell you this. I screenshotted that Snapchat that she sent because I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> also, we got to drink another beer. Another one. So, cheers to you, Danny Hall. Please write the write the pitching staff. I will say though, he did. He's he pulls in recruits like no one's business, dude. We got CC Sabathia's son. Yeah. They were on a commercial. I watched. I forgot. I think I was watching the Bravos and. CC Sabathia and his boy doing like some like it was like Oculus or something. I'm like, so hopefully that's some NIL money we dropping right there, baby. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, we gotta do what we gotta do. Yeah, Mark Teixeira seems to be the only one willing to drop a bag for us. Listen, if y'all listening, casual tech fans, enough being casual. We need you to drop some bags. If you can't make all the games, donate to the AT fund. We got big bone, big big boners, big donors like Nasty Nate coming on for for the culture. Hop on, do yourself a favor, write it off, you know, for taxes, tax purposes. It's a great, great choice. That's right. Georgia <sighs> Tech Athletics depends on you. Yeah. Speaking of Georgia Tech Athletics, uh, Hall of Fame class came out today. Some recognizable names. There's some guys that I'm not gonna lie. I don't follow uh, Georgia Tech softball as much or tennis, although I know our tennis team's baller. No no dog in the tennis team because I know they make the postseason all the time. Hey, the women's the women's for Georgia Tech, every every women's team made the postseason. Yeah. Can't say that uh, about the men. Yeah, you you listening to me, uh, Jeffy? Uh, <laughs> anyway, that reminds me. I probably need to post. We should post uh, 
my uh, wedding invite to Jeffy and just look at the response to that'd be funny for the crowd to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Anyway, hall of fame class came out. I noticed two really big standouts. Uh, The first one being Josh Nesbitt. I was in undergrad in 2009. So I got to watch magic unfold live and in person. Best game being obviously the Virginia tech number four team in the country with Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. Ooh, come in and get just absolutely destroyed by Josh Nesbitt, Derek oh, Morgan. Yeah. Derek Morgan lit him up. Oh my gosh. It was <sighs> rush the field. We cut up the goalpost. It was one of the most legendary things. I, I think the defining moment though that year was the Florida State game, the lightning game. You remember that one? Yeah, I do. I unfortunately, you know, I was not at Tech during this time. Josh was a freshman. I was Still a senior in high school, so I was watching all this from afar in Pennsylvania. But uh, yeah, I remember that Virginia Tech game. It was nationally televised, and it was freaking lit. It was lit. It was beyond lit, dude. It was great. That was great. Beating Clemson twice that year. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. It was. It doesn't get better than that. Oh oh no, CJ Spiller. (laughs) Oh no, young Dabo crying because. Bebe lined up during a, a, a field goal formation on the right. Paul Johnson snuck him in on the sideline, caught a tutty from Scott Blair. What a time to be alive. But Josh Nesbitt, shout out to you, man, from Greene County, Georgia, home of my mom, uh, my grandmother, baller, you know, came in uh, actually under uh, Chan Gailey yep. and then converted to a triple option quarterback, possibly the second best triple option quarterback in tech history. Just because Justin Thomas, but I don't know. Yeah. Up to debate. Both of I, I would agree with that statement. I think Justin Thomas was like made to be the quarterback oh. of that offense. The pride of Pratville, baby. The guy could I mean, flat up fly. He was so good. But Nesbit, shout out to Nesbit. I mean, you know, that's gotta be a tough change for a guy recruited as a pocket passer, which I don't know how he was recruited as a pocket passer because <laughs> he wasn't very good at passing the ball, but that's a tough, tough decision for, you know, your whole scheme to get changed like that, stick it out. And he embraced it. And dude, want to say championship title to the flats, baby. I don't care Woo! what everybody says about Bebe selling sweatshirts for 400 bucks. Yeah. Everyone in North Carolina, kiss my ass. Uh, that goes out to you, Mark Emmerich and all you other NCAA fools. Yeah. Won a championship. I was there to greet them. It happened. You can't take that away. The guy also beat Georgia. Take that, Matt Stafford. Oh, uh, yeah, he did. He oh, sure my did. gosh. Uh, uh, I watched that. So that was actually a pretty good story. I watched that game at my aunt's house, and it was supposed to be on CBS. And It, it was. For, for some reason, for us in North Carolina, it wasn't. I think they were showing like NC State or something. So well, That's a huge mistake. Yeah, we were freaking out. And so we ended up having to watch it on her PC which is like tucked away in her laundry room. So there's like four of us shoved in the laundry room. I'm literally sitting on the dryer watching the game as like Roddy Jones is just running. <laughs> Jonathan Dwyer just running all over him. And uh, so that was, you know, I spent, I spent the whole game. And that's before like, you know, streaming and stuff. I mean, you had to like just try to find the game wherever you could. Yeah. But, Dude, I, I remember that game too. That was 08. I had just 
decided to go to Georgia Tech. I think my aunt was over at our house, and of course in the basement with my dad and my and there's you got to give props to frat Stanley Partridge. He was a grew up grew up going to Athens, Georgia because my grandparents had season tickets. You know, my all my aunts and uncles went there. Grew up sitting on the tracks watching the the dogs play between the hedges. And he's a huge Georgia Tech fan. Georgia Tech over nothing now, so I love him to death. But at this time, he looked at me as Matt Stafford watched from the sidelines as Josh Nesbitt kneeled the down, kneeled the ball down, and goes, "Your new damn school." And I said, "Yes, yes, Father, you like this. <laughs> <laughs> you it like was, that. You like that." It was it was incredible. Uh, oh, then we put the hedges between our mouth. It was glorious. Oh yeah, it started. That started a great tradition. I know all these bulldog fans whine, and they did last time in 2016 when I was there. You're eating the hedges. Don't care. Hate Every, you. Everybody's eating the hedges. It's not something we invented. Like right. You know, you win the game, you get to do what you want. You know. Listen, sometimes sometimes you gotta put a little bush in your mouth, and it's okay. Just you just gotta roll with it. That's right. Last big notable Hall of Fame inductee for me was uh Paul Hewitt, aka Paul Blewett. It's it's uh, this one's kind of a contra not controversial. It's, yeah, it's a little bittersweet. Bittersweet Hall of Fame introduction. And for for our newer fans, uh, you know, younger guys, Paul Hewitt, head coach from 2000 to 2011, following up Bobby Crimmins, period, legend of the flats. But Paul brought us to a national title game against Kansas. Paul brought us oh, NBA against, greats. Against UConn. Oh, UConn. My bad. We beat Kansas on the way there. That's what I was thinking of. Yes, 100% correct. National title game. We had six NCAA tournament appearances. Greats oh, like Chris Bosh. Yeah. My favorite, Iman Shump. So uh, if oh, you yeah. listen to, to rap, Shump, Shump's still pumping out some tunes. All right. Give Shump a, Shump a listen. Yeah. Derek Favors, Thaddeus oh, yeah. Young, Javaris Crittenden, who pulled a gun in the NBA. Who else? Yeah, Bosch was actually, yeah, he had, I mean, he had Bosch, Garrett Jack, just amazing talent. Uh, Anthony Morrow, so many NBA guys. And I mean, the only the only beef with, with Hewitt was, I mean, he really, <laughs> he didn't really run a tight ship. And, no. Like, I think the players kind of ran things and like their grades weren't very good. Our APR <laughs> tanked for, for a few years. And then he ultimately was signed the worst contract in maybe sports history, not professional yes. collegiate. I, I I've, I've never heard of this contract. So Paul Hewitt signed a contract that extended automatically renewed for six years at the end of each year. So he was always on a six-year contract. And when we fired him, we had to pay him. So we, I think we just finished paying him because we ended up like restructuring it. Yeah, and I think it was two years ago we finished paying him. Yeah, it was recently. Which is still 2020. Like, yeah. what the hell? I mean, it was years. And there were times we were paying three basketball coaches at one time. Yeah. I mean, it was just absurd. The, the mismanagement of – that's just our athletic directors being idiots. Yeah. Yeah, I think but, that was pre D Rad or was that D Rad? I think it was pre D Rad. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. But the guy who brought us to a national championship, which heck, as Georgia Tech basketball goes, like about as good as you can do. Yep. 
No, I'm, no I remember that, that title run was sick. Who's the Australian guy? Luke Shensher. Yes. Shensher was crazy, dude. Yeah, I remember we so, yeah, we played Kansas in the Elite Eight. Went to overtime, beat them. That was insane. That was when I kind of thought like the magic was up. And then Oklahoma State in the Final Four, we beat them on a buzzer beater, Will Bynum layup, which was <laughs> unreal. And then it was then we went up against uh, UConn. They had a Mecca Okafor, Ben Gordon, and there was just no way we were going to beat them. But was that Jim Calhoun's first? I don't know. But it, it was very sad to know that the next year we had Chris Bosch, and you just have to wonder if we had him. I mean, we probably won last championship. I know, dude. <laughs> I can't remember. Did I tell the the my uh, <laughs> my? I think I did. I told you yeah. my Chris Bosch story. That was pretty funny. I met him yeah. one time. Shout out to Chris Bosch. I know he's you know retired from that blood blood issue he had too. But uh, you know what a champion, dude. So yeah, the new the new class. <sighs> 2022, JP and I were discussing earlier. We uh, we think Bebe's got his place coming in there pretty soon. I don't yeah, know the, I don't know the rules about getting into the George Tech Hall of Fame, but I imagine that he he should getting in there pretty soon. So yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Bebe. You know, news coming out of that is that he had what is it called Class Two CTE or something like that. It, but he had CTE and he was he was struggling. It, it sucks to hear something like that, especially for a really good guy with a, an amazing story where he, you know, came from a difficult situation and you know got got his way into a really good school and made the pros and just just known for being a good guy. So yeah, now now Peyton Manning came out and said he's going to fund a scholarship to like small town kids trying to get into Georgia Tech. So uh, here's to you, Peyton. Peyton. Cheers. Cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers to Bebe. Cheers to Bebe. Also, we're finishing this beer. Another one. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, shout out Peyton Manning. Help fund uh, the uh, the reconstruction, redevelopment of the Overton golf course here in Memphis since his wife is from here. I'd like to say that uh, you spent $4 million and it was a big waste because all you did was put like an extra bunker in the middle of the fairway. Thanks, dude. <laughs> also, shout out to the Manning family. For Arch Manning not going to UGA, yeah, that was <laughs> I mean, screw screw the dogs. <laughs> so, thank you, Cooper Manning. And yeah, family. Cooper's always been an OG. I'll say this: the uh, the boys and Barry is not helping with the Belches. That was a boys and Belch. Uh, speaking of, uh, we talked about great jackets in the NBA, so we do have some new jackets in the NBA. We want to highlight them since it is since it is summer league time. Mike DeVoe's with the Clippers and uh, the Jazz are actually playing right now. It's uh, the date's the 13th of July. I haven't seen Usher go in. I was running there on the treadmill, but uh, I know he's played some some decent minutes. So good luck to those guys uh, in the summer league. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was too much of a shock that neither of them got drafted, but I'm glad they got picked up summer league. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully they can follow in the footsteps of Jose and make a name for Woo. themselves. Oh, man. I don't know if I brought this up, dude. I got a high five from Jose from the last time the Pelicans came to the Grizz. It was pretty dope. I freaking love Jose, man. I yeah. mean, he's like everything that you want in a player that plays for your team. I mean, I can, I can see. Why is how, annoying? Yeah. I yeah. Can see how everybody would hate him if he's not on your team. But if he's on your team, like, he's the freaking man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he was like, this guy's annoying because all I did was. You came walking to the tunnel, and I just go, go jackets, go jackets, Jose, go jackets. <laughs> Gave me some nucks. It was pretty dope. I remember I went to um, 
UNC Georgia Tech basketball game at UNC with my friend one time when I was living in Charlotte. And UNC was, I mean, they were destroying us. And I think Jose was a freshman. And it was, game was about to end. And Jose, someone fouls him. And he, he like, walks, steps over them like Allen Iverson over Tyron Luce. <laughs> and the, the whole stadium is, like, booing him. And even I was like, okay, Jose, you're down by 20. Like, you probably shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> but, I mean, he just, he didn't care if they were down by 20 or not. He was still going to. He was going to ball, dude. Yeah, he's going to show him who he is. And I loved it. I loved the, I loved the fire. I, I guiltily, I think his, let's see, his freshman year had to be 2017, right? Yeah, it was, it was my NBA year, and my first year. And we would go to a bunch of the games. And if you all know my wife. Uh, Madison Grossbeck, uh, she came up with a little nickname for him because you know he was just a freshman trying to navigate the waters. She used to call, she didn't say Al- Alvarado, she called him Jose Alfredo because he played like a limp noodle. <laughs> and uh, you know, we kept watching him, and you know, he just got better and better. And and uh, she, I will proudly say, she does not use that nickname anymore. Jose's yeah. the man. That was, you know, when I was watching games here in Greenville. That would, if I had asked Paige who's one per- person on the George Tech basketball team, she would have been able to say Jose. Oh, Jose. Because every time he did something great, I would just like scream his name. And so that was, that would be the only person she'd recognize. But I think the Pelicans, they have the, I saw the Pelicans fans, they sing Jose, 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 Jose. Legend. Jose. When he started That's... sneaking up on people from behind and, no, oh, yeah. I mean, he became a legend. Dude, legend of the flats. Almost as legendary as us. <clears throat> Speaking of Legends of the Flats, ACC Media Day is coming up next week. I'm trying to think. It's Jeffy's bringing, I know, Dylan Devaney, Zamari Walton, and shoot, I can't remember because it's Jeff pretty. Jeff Stims or no? No, Jeff's staying at home. He's got to go He's got to go study the book with Chris Winky a little more. So no distractions for Jeff. I like that. There's some boys out there that have that have earned it. Yeah, I, I guarantee you we'll have a question. Is there a quarterback controversy here or some dumb crap like that? But uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, hopefully, Jeffy, you know, man, you know, stays I'm not, vanilla. I'm not looking forward to hearing Jeffy Pressers again. Oh, it's gosh. It's kind of nice to not hear that for the last seven months. Um, <sighs> More like Jeffy Depressors. Yeah. I mean, I just don't want to hear the used car, car salesman pitch, but it's win now, baby. That's all it is. I think he knows. He knows. His, yep. his tune's changed a little bit, but it has. It has. As Nathan, <laughs> as Nathan pointed out in the last episode, I haven't really heard of him say much, you know, lately. <laughs> yeah. So. And that's how it should be. Amen. Hey, listeners, drinking with the jacket listeners, thanks for hanging around. But y'all know if college football's around the corner, it's also drafting season for fantasy football. That's right, folks. Fantasy football. Our other favorite sport is around the corner. Big news for the West, the Box God League, the most preeminent fantasy football league in the country. We are drafting at Josh's Tree, aka Joshua's Tree. And I think we're going to like to like a cabin or a yurt or some shit like that. Yeah, it's like this. Let us know. It's like this Chuck E. Cheese in the middle of the desert in Joshua Tree National Park. It's got like a Formula One race car simulator. There's like I don't know. It just looks like a freaking adult playground, and Woo-hoo. it's going to be awesome. Yes, yes. I'm checking with work to make sure I can make it. I'm really pumped. 
I think we're going to do like a little hiking and stuff. We got to get the glamour shots out there. Looking like a bunch of thoughts. Definitely got to take pictures of the cactuses. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> going to be pretty good. I guarantee you copious, copious amounts of alcohol will be consumed. I got to say, uh, I got to be able to draft coherently, though, this year. I know last year there were some issues where Zach Jordan snaked. No, that was was that last year? No, that was two years ago. Years ago. Actually, two years ago, Zach Jordan snaked my boy uh, Minshew Mania from under me. So we can't make sure. We got to make sure that doesn't happen again. Big yeah, fact. Changed the course to Josh. He actually got second place. But yeah. anyway, with that being said, we're going to Josh Tree. Looking forward to having the in-person draft. And uh, I guess up next for us, we have a stack of punishment for <laughs> our friend Alex Bedillion, who came in last place. And uh, it's about time for him to pay up before the season starts. So he's in order for him to pay his debts to the Stacko Fantasy Gods, he's got to send out a Christmas in July card to the distribution list of our choosing, which is going to be about fifty people or so. So yeah. we we hope he's working on that. We've let him know that his deadline's approaching, and uh, we look forward to receiving his half Christmas card in the mail. Hopefully, it's funny. If not, I, I'm gonna waste. I'm gonna think there may be some not full frontal nudity, but maybe like some covered nudity. I think that may be tasteful. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't want to see any of that. But <laughs> I just hope he's got some creative juices in there. I think yeah. he's gonna get some help from a few folks in the league, and I'm um, looking forward to seeing what he produces. But that being you? said, you know we are open listeners to any suggestions that you have for sacro punishments. So if anyone's got any creative ideas, let us know. Always. I will say increase the league. Yeah. Yeah. So viewers, actually, we'll put a little segment out there, you know, on Instagram and our other uh, forms of social media, which we use so, so eloquently and well. But if you drop a funny sacco punishment and we actually decide to choose it, yours truly will send you a Georgia Tech flag for you to hang at your home. So listen to that little snag. I will readily say this. A lot of my sacco punishments don't get chosen because apparently they're too extreme or some <laughs> shit like that people don't like you know stapling their butt cheeks together and stuff so so come up with a good one and uh it may uh, behoove you you may get some swag out of it also uh speaking of swag we should be finishing another beer so uh beer number four or five depending on how quickly you're drinking i'm on uh nip number two so this is uh again delicious jefferson reserve another one and i just took a big pull oh god well, cool. We talked a little bit about this earlier. It's kind of a central piece, especially with the recruiting portion, especially with the future of Georgia Tech athletics across the board. I know Pastors had some issues with this, but it's uh, NIL, man. Uh, I know Georgia Tech just started a new NIL campaign. It's called Swarm the ATL. You know, we want to highlight that. Uh, we want to shout that out. We want to tell people to, to contribute to it. Can you give us a little more detail on it, man? Yeah, so uh, shout out to the guys that from the ATL that started this up. I know it's a little late in the game, I would say. I think the schools are a little bit ahead of us in this department, but I mean, heck, we had to start somewhere. So there's different membership levels where you can give as little as 10 bucks a month or up to, I don't even know, it's like 500 or so, which you know, I don't expect anybody to do, but if you do, then great. But so there's different reward levels or if you, the more you donate, the more benefits you get. Like you can 
have meetings with the players and stuff and have access to like discord chats with the players and stuff like that i don't really know it's it's, it's kind of new to me i haven't looked into it a whole lot but it seems like it's been picking up some steam so it's good to see the players supporting it we, we gotta show the players we're doing something in this in this era um yeah. feel free to support spread the word about storm the atl but not only that, like Josh was saying earlier, you know, it's important. One, I mean, I think the biggest thing that fans can do, show support, is just come to the games. Amen, uh, baby. Like, we, we we can't be worrying about donating money to NIL funds if we're not even showing up to games. So I think, first and foremost, that's what, what people need to focus on. I mean, even if, you know, I'm not saying everybody should be a season ticket holder. That'd be great if you were. But, you know, if you didn't go to any games last year, go to one this year. Or Amen. Just, just try to put more butts in the seat. Show the jackets you're there. You know, drink some drink some beverages before because you're gonna need them. But <laughs> just just put your butts in Bobby Dodd Stadium. Put your butts in Bobby Dodd Stadium. That is, you know what? Butts in Bobby Dodd. I think that's our new hashtag. We're gonna start this hashtag. Uh, if you listen to this, post a picture of yourself on your your Instagram. Add a Georgia Tech game. Hashtag butts in Bobby Dodd. Okay. Yeah, Chase. I'm 100 with you. The funny thing is, me and you actually don't even live in Atlanta. Season ticket holder owners, obviously, because we're fanatics. We will be there this year. We may have opportunities where we can't make a game, and we may have some tickets. Y'all hop on it. We'll, we, if you're a listener, I'd rather give it to someone that's going to show up to the game than just sell to a rando, okay? Like, yeah. if you're a listener, let us know if you're interested in a game. Uh, along that thread, I've reached out. There are some Western Carolina game tickets. Uh, I've reached out to uh, what's that new fund or a new is it this is some grassroots tech organization? But uh, put in for ten tickets. We'll see if we get some extra ones. I will be handing those out to listeners. Uh, if you drop drop a comment uh, when I post about it, it'll be a good time. So get get your butts to the damn game. That's all I got to say. Yep. Along with that. I know I don't know if we were going to plan on saying this now, but I think me and Chase are going to at least do one drinking with the jackets live at a game. So great opportunity to come out, opportunity to drink a six pack as a pregame for a game. We'll have maybe have some merch. It'd be a really cool time. You get to maybe have an open mic, ask some questions to the two uh, the two gurus here. But bottom line, get your butts to the game. Yep, I said it better, Josh. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. Players need to see it. Roots need to see it. So you can't complain yep. about us losing if you're not even going to be there to watch it. So, yeah. And with that, I mean, uh, Chase, I don't know about you, but uh, really glad to be back. Really glad that DJ Thick is on the ones and twos editing this. Really glad that Jackets football is coming this fall. For the viewer, the listener, get ready. We have some hot podcasts coming up. Just strap in. Thanks for listening. And until next time, Salancha. So cheers to everybody. Cheers. Go Jackets. Go Jackets.